0: back to You Know What I've Been Wondering. I'm Sarah. I'm Jane. Why did you say it like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm filled with self-loathing. No, I was thinking, I think I was just thinking ahead There might be you're about to talk about how sick you feel. And how do like...
0: you know that's what I was going to say? I could have just skipped over it. My mom pointed out that every week it's just us talking about how sick we are. <laughs> And I was well, like, She's it's not your wrong. turn right now. Yes. No, I'm just a little phlegmy right now. Like, that's the problem, is that there's just all this phlegm located in the center of my face. And it's mm-hmm. it's pretty disgusting. I am a pretty big not a fan of it. You know? Um, <laughs> it's not my favorite. But hopefully it'll pass. Um I did look up. I do not have coronavirus. <laughs> this is not this is not the symptoms of coronavirus. Do not worry. Good, good, good. Yeah, we're all I'm safe for now. So that's like other than that I'm I'm good. I don't know what else I would
1: have talked about when you ask me how i am i really don't (laughs) but um, we need to get other things going on in our lives i had a really good brunch yesterday and i was supposed to see
0: onward um but i had a brunch with some of my sorority sisters to celebrate our founder's day and it was really nice and i was there for four hours which i've never brunched for that long but they gave (laughs) us i i paid for bottomless drinks which was expensive but it ended up being worth it because after we finished our meal at like 2.30 2.30 they were like oh you can go drink at the bar until 4 so then I drank at the bar until like they really served me my last drink at like 4.15 and then when I left at 5.15 I was like I'm drunk like <laughs> it was a lot I went and sat in Union Square to like sober up because <laughs> it was right at Union Square
1: um, but you saw a show yesterday too right?
0: yes I saw the Unsinkable Molly Brown at um, this random theater down by down on Grand Street on the Lower East Side, it was fine. I wanted to see it because Beth Lilone was in it, and I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was she was really, really good. But it was weird because they were like, "This isn't the original Unsinkable Molly Brown. Like, we rewrote the whole show. That only shares three lines, and none of the characters are the same. And we used some of the music, but then we added in Meredith Wilson's other music. What? Yeah, it was like I was a little crazy. I was like, all right. And it was weird because. You know, I'm not a professional theater critic, but these are these are just my opinions. Um, yeah. It felt really it felt like really hard. It was trying to do something, but it didn't know what it was trying to do. Yeah. So it was just kind of like vaguely it. being like, women have been wronged, and this is how strong women are. I mean, but it was like, true.
1: It, tr- it was <laughs>
0: true, but it just, like, wasn't saying that in, in what yeah. I felt like was an effective way. Like, I don't think that they picked the right story and musical and, like, writer as far as music goes. Like, Meredith Wilson's music isn't really communicating that, you know? Yeah. If you know The Music Man, like, not exactly the feminist um, musical of our era. I like The Music Man, and I think it's really beautiful, but... You know, it's not like he was writing bops for women about suffrage, <laughs> about women's suffrage. So I, it was, it was fine. Beth Malone was very, is so talented. I
1: oh, mean, I love her.
0: I love her. She's just, like unbelievable. And I keep seeing. There's this actor. you think named, her
1: cousin, or like, I just think she's related to Post in any way. I don't think so. <laughs> that would be a little crazy. But, but I'm
0: sure there are more Malones in the world. Mm. you know mm. but maybe who knows um there's this actor who's alex gibson and he's been in so many things but most people don't know who he is but i know who he is because i somehow accidentally have seen like everything he's ever been in like he was in great comet he was in the ensemble he was in spongebob he was in the ensemble he was in dave molloy's show octet great and then he was in this and i was like i just keep seeing your shows and i never know that he's in it you know it's like and i guess i'm just like i guess i'm just yeah yeah Yeah. when you see him you're like yeah Yeah. because he's super tall Yeah, he's got this very low bass voice yeah um really really phenomenal performer but he's always like sort of this background character and this he was a named character but he wasn't like uh, he wasn't super super big in the show he was like in a in a trio of men Mm -hmm. um and an octet like everyone had their own solos but his is first the beginning and like was like a pretty standard one but he is very very talented Mm -hmm. he's just like kind of plays these more background characters and so it's just like i guess i'm just now like a really big alex gibson stand like by accident like i just see everything he's in and i'm always like you're so talented so that was weird that he just happened to be in it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i had no idea so that was cool (laughs)
1: I see. uh, I well now twice. I've just seen Stephen Pascal on the street. Yeah. Well, you work near is where he lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. I'm not gonna be like, oh my gosh, hi. Yeah. It's you. I don't want to bother him. Right. But I'm always like, "Uh oh.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. It's really. It's always uncomfortable being like, oh wow, there you are. You know. (laughs) Did you talk about how you walked past? Tyler? No, I don't think I talked about this on the show. Um, if, for those of you that are Bachelor, Bachelorette fans out there, I got off the subway at 14th Street about a month ago and walking down 14th Street opposite direction as me but on the same side is Tyler Cameron. And I nearly passed out because <laughs> he truly is as handsome on television as he is in real life. Like He, he clearly had he just come back from the gym, he's wearing AirPods, he's wearing a black sweatshirt, gray sweatpants, I'll never forget. And he was just like walking. He's very tall. Oh my god! But I was like, I'm gonna faint. Like, <laughs> I felt like I needed to like pray. Like it was. Yeah. I've never felt like that before after seeing a celebrity. But I was like, you are truly that handsome. Like it is. <laughs> it is unfair. I was. I was speechless. I showed up to work and I was like, I need to find somebody here who watches this show so you know what I just went through, because it was. Oh my god, it was crazy, and I never would have said anything. And I like tried not to even let him know that I knew who he was, you know. I mm-hmm. kept like, my gaze averted, didn't stare or anything like that. But I was like, oh my god, there you are. <laughs> it's truly insane. Living in New York City is fun sometimes. It the pe- is the people you see. Yeah, <laughs> like when you saw Jelani in City Kitchen. Oh. Uh, Jelani played Kristoff in Frozen on Broadway,
1: and Hercules at the Public. At yeah, the Public so handsome he's very handsome very talented i have a huge crush on him he's don't gay. worry i'm aware that he's gay <laughs> my heart will survive your heart will go on i'm still i have a crush on him though yeah you are all right i'm not harming anybody should we get started yes sure
0: you, like, <laughs> change- it sounded like you changed your mind you are like yes and then you're like no not yes sure <laughs> Alright. Whichever one. (laughs)
1: Both are good. Not sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you asked me to talk about the real legend that the Disney Mulan story is based on. Yes. Now, I'm sorry. I don't know why I suddenly got the urge to feng shui. Yeah, you were like... I'm "I'm just moving around everything moved a candle, yeah. moved a drink. (laughs) Moved my laptop. Okay. So... The legend of Mulan is the legendary figure of Mulan. Okay. Her name, her full name in the legend is Hua Mulan, H-U-A. Okay. Not Fa Mulan, which is what it is in the movie. Um, She's a legendary fictional female warrior from the northern and southern dynasties period of Chinese history, which is about the years 420 to 589. Ooh. The original Mulan legend came from this poem called The Ballad of Mulan. Cool. Which the first transcribed, like, written copy of it we have is from the 6th century. I couldn't find an, an author of it per se, so I think it might be, like, a legend that's been passed around a lot. Yeah, it might was the first oral, oral. That's yeah. Down, yeah. Uh, there have been many adaptations of this legend, including several plays, films, pieces of artwork that were inspired by it. It's a very well-known legend and has been used in many forms so the the poem was first transcribed in the sixth century as i said in, in a collection of chinese works titled musical records of old and new Ooh. the name mulan translates to magnolia oh that's oh, no, beautiful that her name changes depending on the version of the story you read uh-huh. in ming dynasty texts her family name is zhu in ching uh, dynasty texts it's Wei. and in the disney movie in the Disney movie, it's Fa. Mm-hmm. Uh, children's book author Robert D. Sansucci was the main writer for Disney's Mulan, and he, it was his decision to change her family name to Fa. No real reason is given. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I mm-hmm. looked at i I looked him up to see if he was Chinese to see if maybe like that name had a particular significance, but he's not. He's just a white guy from San Francisco. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I don't really know the reasoning for that. I feel like it's probably more like that's easier to pronounce. Probably, yeah. Um, And he was like, oh, American audiences aren't going to want to do that because we're dumb. Right. (sighs) The most popular name, though, that she is known with is H-U-A. Hua, I think, Mm -hmm. is probably the best pronunciation of it. I could be wrong. That sounds... Um, Yeah. Uh, This is the most popular version name because it translates to flower. Oh, and also, that is the name that's used in a theatrical version of it that exists by playwright Zhu Wei during the Ming Dynasty. Cool. And I think that's how most Chinese people learned of it. Oh. Mm-hmm. There is even a crater on Venus named Hua Mulan. <gasps> that's so cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Which is named after this legendary figure. That's really cool. In the new Disney movie that's coming out later this month, uh-huh. her name is going to be Mulan. Oh, that's really nice that they changed it back. Yeah. So I have heard that the new movie is truer to the legend. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no Lee Shang in it. I've heard that there's a character in it, or there's two separate characters that are in it that are supposed to be the like replacement for his character. But I don't think there's going to be a love story. Yeah. Well, yes. there isn't a love story in the legend. Right. So, yeah. Right. The story of the ballad of Mulan goes like this. It's set in Northern Wei era China, which is 386 to 536, somewhere in that period. Mm-hmm. Um, Mulan is sitting worriedly at her loom as one male from every family is called to serve in the army to defend the Tuowa realm from the Roran invaders. Oh. Her father is old and weak and she has a younger brother but he is just a child. She decides to take her father's place disguised as a man. It just hit me that in the Disney movie, she has a dog named Little Brother. Oh, my God. Instead of having a little brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose. I'm but sure that's it fun. was. I'm <laughs> sure it was. They were like, oh, in the original, she has a little brother. huh Why don't we just give her a dog and name
0: it Little Brother? <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, Mulan was my favorite Disney movie for pretty much until Frozen came out. What
1: the heck?
0: I was holding the cap in my hand and I
1: dropped it oh it looked like you were going to take a sip and the cap was here and then flew horizontally that way no no no, no. and i it was, was like my what it ghost was, <laughs> it was in the same hand that was holding okay. the bottle yeah 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 Whew. so she takes her father's place disguised as a man and in the original legend her parents approve of this decision and support her oh they know about they it they know about it and she in fact gets their permission they're like yes go and in fact before she enlists, she's already a skilled fighter. She's trained in martial arts, sword fighting, and archery, so she doesn't need to like prove anything. She get like she's already she arrives to the army right. a skilled fighter. Right. She serves in the army for twelve years and is a rewarded warrior. And at the end of the twelve years, her enlistment is over, and all of the enlist fighters are allowed to return home. Mulan is such an honored warrior that the army asks her to stay on with an official posting, and she turns down the offer and instead asks for a camel that she could ride home. Oh! And as she goes home, is greeted with joy by her family, changes her clothes out of her disguise, and then goes back to her soldier friends to reveal her true identity. And they are shocked that she is a woman and embarrassed because after spending 12 years together in the army, none of them figured it out. Oh, my God.
0: That's <laughs> awkward for
1: them. I mean, <laughs> they should be embarrassed. So that's how the Ballad of Mulan goes. It's a rather simple story, but it's cute. and It's nice. It's fun. It's feminist. Yeah. I don't know how feminist but it's a strong yeah. cool girl doing cool things. Yeah. And I, I think it's cute. Now, in the 1600s, there was an adaptation of the legend by Chu Renhuo um, called The Romance of Sui and Tang. And it adds a lot more detail and plot twists, and it has a really dark ending. Ooh. And this is the other, like, well-known version of the legend. And it's... It's so... uh, reading it, I was like, you're kidding. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Um, So this one is set under the rule of Hashanah Khan of the Western Turkic Khaganate. And... I know what those words mean. Oh, you do? I barely do. i That was sarcastic. Was oh. <laughs> well, basically this guy who was aligned with the Tang dynasty, mm-hmm. and he was kind of slowly conquering China and was poised to conquer all of China uh, in the near future. Mm. And so he had technically already taken over the region that um, Mulan's family lived in. And yes. he was in charge of them. And he was enlisting people from that area to join his army so that the Tang dynasty could take over all of China. Okay. Now, Mulan's father, who in in this version, his name is Hua Hu, he fears that he's going to be conscripted because he only has two daughters and an infant son. So Mulan decides to dress as a man and enlist on behalf of her family. Mm -hmm. During her time in the army, Mulan is captured by xia king duo jian day who good good, good, good. was a king who opposed the tang dynasty taking over okay he yeah he captured her and this is where it got fun he has this daughter who is a warrior Mm -hmm. the princess xian nang xian nang xian xian nang i'm not the person to ask yeah Yeah. um So he has her go and question Mulan. Mm -hmm. And she has heard of Mulan's skill as a fighter and tries to recruit her to be an army on their side, to oppose the Tang Dynasty. And in this questioning, she figures out that Mulan is a woman and the two become best friends. (laughs) Oh my God! And they become sworn sisters or Lao Tong. (laughs) And They are bonded for life. The besties. Wow. Mulan and the Princess Shan Nang is what I'm going to call her. I apologize if that's totally wrong. So, unfortunately, Shan Nang's father is defeated in battle after siding with enemies of the Tang dynasty and he is imprisoned and is set to be executed. So, Mulan and the princess, uh, with knives in their mouths, surrender themselves to be executed in his place. <gasps> now this act of filial piety impresses the tang emperor and his mother who is the imperial consort Mm -hmm. and the imperial consort his mother decides to bestow money on both mulan and the princess and she gives the money to mulan to provide for her parents and gives money to the princess because the princess has fallen in love with this general named luo chang and they've become engaged in secret and they want to get married but so the, big But because her father's in prison, she doesn't really have the funds. So the imperial consort gives her the money and says, here, this is so you can have a wedding. Yeah. And she's like, you guys can kind of, like, live in peace and do your own thing. Like, you're working with the Tang Dynasty. Or, like, the Tang Dynasty is, like, forgiving you for working against us. Right. And they tell Mulan to go home and take care of her family. Uh-huh. But they t- give her the sort of condition that, like, as soon as you ha- we have all the arrangements together, you're going to move to the same city that the princess lives in. Uh-huh. And she's going to marry the guy she likes. And you all are going to live in that city and it's going to be fine. Yeah. So they're really in league with this, the like Tang royalty. The emperor and his mother, who's yeah. the imperial consort. And <laughs> this is where it gets sad. Mulan um, is given leave to return to her homeland. Xian Neng's father is set free and he goes to live as a monk for the rest of his life. And Mulan goes home and she's devastated to discover that her father has passed away a long time ago while she was off fighting in war. Aww. And her mother has remarried and changed her surname. And so everything's different when she gets home. And the the Khan, who used to be her ruler and who forced yeah. her to go into the army in the first place, finds out that Mulan is home. And he summons her and tells her that she, is, she has no choice. She has to come and be his concubine. <gasps> I know. Why? I I think it's he's just mad at her for having served a foreign ruler. Or not a foreign ruler, but having opposed him. He's right. the foreign ruler, technically. Right. And rather than suffer this fate of being forced to be a concubine to a man she doesn't like and who she doesn't consider her ruler, Milan commits suicide. <gasps> That's so sad. I know. Before she dies, she asks her sister to deliver a letter from the princess to her fiancé, Lu Cheng, and her sister dresses like a man to blend in with the army while she delivers the letter, but her disguise is quickly seen through and Lo Chang falls in love with her sister. So the, I, it doesn't give any other detail other than it arouses the recipient's amorous attention, which means like the general starts to get feeling from feelings for Mulan's sister. So I don't know if he still ends up marrying the princess. That would kind of be sad if he didn't. That's <laughs> so sad. I, know. I was like, this story keeps... <laughs> going and going and going. Wow, that's crazy. Sad ending. Some historical commentators have explained that it is historically and culturally accurate for a Chinese woman of this time to consider suicide a preferable art- alternative to serving a foreign ruler. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mulan's final words are I'm a girl, I've been through war, and have done enough. I now want to be with my father. Aww, that's so sad. That's so sad. So those are the legend. Those are the two biggest ones. I'm sure there's a lot more detail. and Like there's a lot yeah. of films and books and versions of this. This last one was a novel. Yeah. So I'm sure there are different stories you read will have different alternatives. And I'm pretty sure, I'm hoping that's not the direction Disney's going. And I'm assuming no, not. No. I don't think they would have No, that. I don't think they would either. They wouldn't have a Disney princess kill herself in the front. No, in a no. the in the theater in, in for a the small children's children movie. No, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. They would not. But that's the Mulan legends, the two famous ones. Juicy. Which it's that one is titled "Romance of Sui and Tang," and I guess Tang is the the Tang Dynasty, but maybe Sui might be. I don't, I don't know. know. Like, who does the romance refer to? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't have an answer for you yeah. there. Yeah. That's
0: a that's a thinker.
1: It's very dark. Story. Yeah, that was but dark. Either way, she's a cool girl who's she's not real, but she's she's fictional or legendary, but she's still a cool figure and a cool, yeah. a cool character. She is. She's very brave and a kick ass.
0: She is. She's a kick ass lady. I love her. Again, my favorite Disney movie for a very, very long time. Oh,
1: before I forget, happy International Women's Day. Is that today? Yeah. Oh. Yes, it is. It's nice to have some celebration of womanhood after this week. It's true. It's true. Okay. So, my ride at this week
0: um, was inspired by true life events, which is that I was walking um, to my car the other day, and i noticed that the ground was especially sparkly i was like
1: <laughs>
0: was there a party like right here but then this like type of like by your work on your way to the car or here in our neighborhood by my work by my work oh, okay um on, on 9th street in manhattan and i was like was there a party specifically right here because then the cement changed and it wasn't sparkly at all but it looked like it looked like someone had thrown glitter on the ground. Like that was so I think sparkly. I see
1: that sometimes they make look sparkly cement.
0: So I looked up why streets and sidewalks sparkle. I'm gonna tell you. Great. So cement is prim- primarily made up of calcium carbonite, commonly called calcite. This is a very common mineral with numerous forms, including limestone and marble. And some of this is in crystalline form, which can reflect light. Um, there are more there are even some calcite deposits that react under black light in New Jersey so certain tre- streets in New Jersey would react under black light um, this calcite crystal um, the so it gets so the calcite crystal when you make cement the smaller chunks regularly end up like inside the cement um, and after being ground and heated they're dispersed through the cement and that's what gives it the sparkle tone is that there are literally crystals that get stuck in the cement um sidewalks and streets and side streets are more likely to sparkle than major roads and highways um, because they're made out of asphalt and asphalt mm-hmm. doesn't require this calcite um, and this compound is made out of cement and covered in tar um, so it obscures the crystals so if there wasn't tar the absence of tar is what makes the sidewalk sparkle. Well, really what it is is that, like, yes, there are literally crystals in the street <laughs> sidewalk. I thought maybe, that's really the answer, but I thought maybe it was, like, because we walk on it, it, like, the heat and the friction, like, rub <laughs> off. on. I was like, why does it do this? But, no, it's literally that there are crystals in the sidewalk. That's fun. But it's not It's not necessarily on purpose, although one place was, like, some places do do it on purpose. Like, New York City does it on purpose,
1: just for fun and I was like, what? Certain neighborhoods I have noticed like this is an especially glittery sidewalk. They must have done this on purpose. Yeah, but that's like
0: such a weird feature. you know, can you imagine being in that the department of I guess it's the Department of Construction and being like, scale one to ten, I'll spark this you, <laughs> you know like Shane Dawson be like right now, truly, truly. Um, so that I just thought I I should I was I was thinking about it as I was walking
1: down the street. Like, why is this like this? Glitter sidewalks. Glittery sidewalks. One of those extra little things is just, like, fun to see, you know? Brightens your day a little bit. Yeah. The subway <laughs> station that I get on on my way to work, one of the posts, uh, and it got ripped down recently and it, like, broke my heart, but it had this little sticker that said, if you're reading this, you are beautiful. Like, Aww. someone stuck it on the sign that said the name of the station. Aww. And I would... It was far enough into the station that I would always forget about it and then all of a sudden I'd see it and it always kinda like be like honest nice. Yeah. And would like brighten my day. That someone ripped it down the other day. That's sad. And I was mad. I love this article title. Um the Fulton Mall The Fulton
0: Mall lacks bling in the sidewalk that is. Like they're mad at the Fulton Street Mall for not having enough bling. The like the giant subway station? Yeah. But this is before it was the giant subway station. Before it was like the Oculus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so unnecessary. Oh my God. Okay, wait. The New York City Department of Transportation says that there is a rule that specifies a standard for pigmenting and scoring um, to encourage an attractive, uniform appearance on sidewalks and curbs in the city's busiest and most visible areas. So they're like, if you're going to make it sparkly, it has to be consistent the whole way through.
1: <laughs> That's All or so nothing funny. With the sparkle.
0: Existing sidewalks may remain as they are until replacement of more than 50% of the sidewalk fronting a lot is required for some other reason at which point they will be expected to be replaced using the standard. So like what I was saying that there was one area that was particularly sparkly if it got to be that over 50% of the street was super sparkly they'd have to redo the whole street. Uh. <laughs> has to be uniform. What weird laws. Like who is making these laws? I don't know. You you have other things
1: you could be doing. With right. Your I'm like what? <laughs> like who started this fight? I don't know. Can we get them on like climate change? It also to it or... was
0: tint like the shade of the sidewalk. It's the same thing. That's silly. Oh my god. All right. Well. So that's some stuff about sidewalks. <laughs> <laughs> I love sidewalk facts. Um. Are you ready to learn about domestic animals? Yes. Alrighty. righty. So. I hats. will say. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> I heard you. I, earlier I heard some video being played and I heard the the name saber tiger. <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing to do with what I was talking about. I literally
0: just wanted to know why sabertooth tigers went extinct, which do you want me to tell you? Oh, uh, sure. Okay. So <laughs> mega, There's a, there, there are animals that are referred to as megafauna. Megafauna that still exists would be elephants, mm-hmm. hippopotami, mm-hmm. and giraffes oh. are three examples. But they're just like gigantic animals. Um and people were wondering, like, why since they were such, such they were such fierce animals, like, why did they go extinct? But it was because um, it was definitely because of humans and just like the mm. spread of humans. Um, saber tooths and other megafauna were just so large that they couldn't hide themselves, you know, and adapt. Mm. Um,
1: so how that's big why they were didn't. they? Saber tooths were huge. I'm picturing them like lion sized or like no saber how large. I don't realize they were that big their bag um I didn't mean to make this whole conversation about saber-tooth tigers I just no I we used it to crack a code the other day that we, <laughs> we were on Disney Plus we pulled up Ice Age and the description of the movie all of the letters except for some of the vowels except for I-O-L and J were like all turned into weird box symbols.
0: Yes, but we figured we were, out that like, the we letters were consistent like yes. throughout we were for like, their it's symbol. The
1: so we were trying to solve the
0: cryptogram, but then the page refreshed and it came uh, back up before. It was so frustrating. We, we, were, we so were, so close. were so close.
1: We were so so close. We had close. two or three words left. Yeah. We would have gotten them. We really would have. How? Well, their
0: teeth are 11 inches long.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah. That's like a foot,
1: but just let.
0: The world's mind. biggest saber-toothed cat roamed the earth eight million years ago and was the size of a polar bear. <gasps> you saw the polar bear at Muhlenberg. That's how big they were. They're <gasps> largest. They were normally a little <gasps> smaller, but they're
1: huge. In the movie 10,000 BC, you see how big they are. Mm. Did you believe that, that thing people used to say at Muhlenberg that there was a second polar bear hidden somewhere on campus? You didn't? You didn't believe that? I don't know. That just what's the? Why would they have one in a basement I had, somewhere? I had biology
0: it? people tell me that they've
1: seen it, but they could have. I feel been like that's just him. people being like, "I've seen it." Yeah. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. So it's
0: cool. It's a cool thing to believe, you know. I don't know. Uh, you're squinting at me. <laughs> We're just gonna move on. So that's why I was okay, looking up saber-tooth tigers. <laughs> I was. I was not. I knew that we didn't domesticate them, but we should have. <laughs> Kitties. kitties, They're so cute. Okay. Anyway, I, lo- I love big cats. Just the cutest. So you asked me about why we have pets, mm-hmm. which is sad because we have none. Ugh. The term domestication, which as be, I felt really sick while I was doing this, like it's the sickest I felt all day. I just couldn't focus. And the number of times I had to write out domestication, <laughs> I was getting so angry. I'm I was so like, sorry. these are big words and I want to lay down. <laughs> The term domestication means, quote, a sustained multi-generational relationship in which one group of organisms assumes a significant degree of influence over the reproduction and care of another group. Mm. So domestication refers to the permanent genetic modification of animals that has made them subservient to humans. They had to be genetically modified in order for them to be domesticated. Interesting. Yes. Not all animal species can be domesticated. (gasps) You can try, but it's not going to go well. (laughs) If you try to domesticate a hippo, I don't think they're a good candidate. No, hippos
1: scare me so much. Same.
0: There are six criteria for domestication. and They are, one, the animal has to have a flexible diet. Two, Mm. they have to have a reasonably fast growth rate. Mm -hmm. Three, the ability to breed in captivity, or also Mm. known as breed under the supervision of humans. That's what others call it. Four, um, how quickly and easily parents bond with their young. Animals that are better at domestication are ones that are going let their go their young more easily.
1: Oh, true. Yeah.
0: And f- a five temperament that makes panic unlikely in a new vi- in a new environment. They're gonna stay chill when they move mm-hmm. around. And six, a modifiable social hierarchy. Uh, they have to be able to uh-huh. see you as the alpha, not some <laughs> other. Some other guy. Oh, great king, I will be. <laughs> exactly. Animals are domesticated for one of three reasons: one, companionship and protection from others. These are dogs, mm-hmm. birds, cats. Interestingly, you said birds before cats. That's kind you're of, mixing things up. You know? Yeah, I'm just. This is just the order it was written in on the article. Two.
1: That person doesn't like cats. Not no, that birds don't deserve to be high up. Oh just... my
0: god! It was so. It's so arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, can't even take a little thought went into it. <laughs> Two food sheep, goats, cattle pigs, etc. And three, what's called draft and non-food resources, which are horses, donkeys, camels. also known as draft is also known as what you might call transportation and work. Mm-hmm. The first animal to be domesticated was the dog. Mm-hmm. about 20,000 years ago and the most recent Ice Age, which is when Ice Age, the movie we watched on Friday, <laughs> takes place. Um, if you remember from watching Ice Age in the scene where we see the boy's hunter father, which I don't understand why, but the description of Ice Age refers to that orphan boy as trying to find his hunter father, like not trying to find his family, like looking <laughs> for the hunter father. The boy's hunter father and their <laughs> tribe fight the saber-toothed tigers, which is how I ended up down this rabbit hole. (laughs) Um, And when they fight them, a pack of wolves helps the humans fight off the tigers. Like, the humans live with those wolves. They're not dogs. They're wolves. Yeah. And this is exactly accurate. Humans and wolves paired up sometime between 20,000 and 10,000 BCE because they were hunting common prey, and it was mutually beneficial. And that's how most domestications start, because of mutual benefit between Mm. the two animals humans and the other animal by working with humans wolves were more likely to catch larger prey like woolly mammoths hello so yes yeah, so dogs so ugh. wolves were by working with humans wolves were more likely to catch larger prey like woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers um humans needed the wolf's speed and ferocity so it was mutually beneficial for them to live together which is how they ended up Living amongst each other. Mm-hmm. The, the earliest evidence of a domesticated dog, like a dog as we think of a dog, um, comes from a dog jawbone found in Iraq and is dated to 14,000 years ago, 12,000 BCE. An old good boy. An old good boy. Every species of dog comes from the wolf. Everyone. Which is crazy when you think about like bulldogs, you know? And like Pomeranians. Right, but they all come from wolves. <laughs> Wolves eventually evolved into the dog because humans would breed them for certain qualities, Mm. how evolution works. Um, This first dog was bred to have a smaller jaw and teeth. Mm -hmm. Um, This is known as selective breeding, and it happens rapidly as humans choose which of a litter has the most desirable qualities and therefore gets to breed. This is very similar to what we talked about with Andy with how we became homo sapiens. Is Mm -hmm. that Our ancestors selectively chose who they would have babies with, and then we turned into humans. Mm-hmm. The Romans would breed shepherd dogs to be white so they could be distinguished from wolves at night. And farmyard dogs were bred to be black so they could scare away thieves in the night. Two examples. Small dogs evolved over time but are not a modern fascination. In, in China, archaeologists found evidence that the Chinese had a dog similar to the Pekingese in 1st century CE. Pekingese? I'm picturing, like, those, like, real fluffy ones. Yeah. Like the little itty-bitty ones. Oh, <laughs> Like, 1st century CE. So, we've had little dogs for a really long time. <laughs> cats, on the other hand, descended from five different types of wild cat. It is believed they were first domesticated around 7,500 BCE. Humans and cats likely started living together because cats are drawn to rot-infested areas. <laughs> which is <Yeah>. gross. <laughs> um, wow. the, first, the first evidence of a domesticated cat was found in Cyprus, but cats are most famous for their role in ancient Egypt. Egyptians often mummified cats and gave them luxurious chambers in the pyramids. Correct. Three Egyptian goddesses were felines. Correct. Cats are the only... Can you tell what kind of a person Jane
1: is? Okay, here's the thing. I've, I feel like I've said this before, but I love both dogs and cats. I love all animals. I had a dog growing up. I loved her very much. I still love her. I love dogs. I love dogs very much. I just feel like cats need to be stood up for because they get a bad rap. (laughs) I love cats very much too. Um, Cats are the
0: only domesticated animal that live in solitary in the wild. So all these other animals came from animals that lived in herds, but cats, even big cats, live alone. Because of this, cats still hold their original identity and remain closer to their wild cousins. So, Mm -hmm. like, dogs are not wolves, but lions are cats.
1: Does that make sense? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or like wolves aren't dogs, but right. lions are cats. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. It is very difficult to control cats breeding because they can fend for themselves without human support, which is something that challenges their domestication because most other animals are domesticated animals are bred under human supervision, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily true for cats because they're like, I don't know, my cat, my cat blanche wandered off all the time,
1: you know? I had two cats growing up who were indoor outdoor cats and we like that worked out fine for them. Yeah, but like sometimes she would wander off and then she'd go away for a couple of days and she'd go back and that was totally normal. Yeah. You know, that's what how cats are. My next-door neighbors <laughs> um had this cat and the cat's name was not ours because it just showed up at their house one day and it like would leave for long periods of time but it would like but like they considered it their cat but oh its my name was not ours. That's so funny. Also, the same family, they had multiple cats. (laughs) Their cats went outside a lot and were outside a majority of the time. Mm -hmm. And one time they were driving home and they like, they hit something with their car and they got it and they thought it was their cat, Licorice. (laughs) So they brought it home and buried it. And it wasn't Licorice. (laughs) And then they went inside and Licorice was in their living room. (laughs) 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 That
0: <laughs> <laughs> they must have been so relieved when they saw licorice i know but then like whose cat did they bury <laughs> a murder mystery for the ages <laughs> oh my god that's too funny so sheep were actually the first animal to be domesticated as a source of food in the Middle East around 9000 BCE we know this because there is a high proportion of sheep bones discarded in a settlement around northern Iraq just Mm. just lots of sheep bones goats were domesticated soon after and they became standard food sources it was also very easy to domesticate these animals because they are nomadic much like ancient Middle Eastern tribes it took us a very long time to settle down so these were perfect animals because they could travel with us Mm -hmm. Cattle and pigs were not domesticated until civilization started started to settle in about seven thousand bCE The ox was likely the was likely first bred by humans in western Asia, and the pig was probably first domesticated in China. These animals provided more than just food their dung was used as manure their mm. hide and wool would be made into clothes their horns and bones were made into weapons and tools they used their fat to make candles and their hooves to make glue so they were a very important resource once they started to be domesticated. it was They were really used in all areas of life, not mm-hmm. even just for food. And about, oh, the ox has contributed the most to the advancement of village life. Cows produce more milk than their offspring require, which is an important economic property, but oh, yeah. oxen are also incredibly strong. In about 4,000 BCE, oxen are harnessed and used to drag sledges, plows, and wheeled wagons. The plow increased wheat and rice production, and the wagon allowed properties to get much bigger, so they could have bigger farms.
1: Is one ox an ox, and then a group of oxes is oxen? Yeah. Okay. I was like, what's the difference between ox and oxen? Yeah, oxen is many oxen. Is the plural. Yes. In India and Southeast Asia,
0: they were doing the same thing with the water buffalo. Mm Mm-hmm. We know know what years all of this happened and where based on when the humans in that area became lactose tolerant. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that tickles me. I'm like, oh, cool. (laughs) Domesticating these animals made civilization appear. Animals were herded instead of slaughtered to guarantee ongoing supply of food.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, In 3000 BCE, humans acquired their most important ally in the animal kingdom, the horse. (gasps) Fun fact, the horse actually went extinct in America, <gasps> but was reintroduced by European colonists in the 16th century. What? Yeah. yeah. How'd they get there in the first place? Well, we were all Pangea, and then it all oh, broke up. Okay, off. I didn't realize that they
1: were, like, that old as a species. Yes. like, as a,
0: like, the early horse, you know? Yeah. Pangea. Uh-huh. Separate. Evolve.
1: <laughs> for a second you were like Do you don't know about banjia like <laughs> <laughs> they're the human
0: no actually this article mentioned like there's a specific bridge of land that was like as banjia moved apart this one bridge existed and from I, like russia to asia i think that's i mean it. Asia, russia to alaska i think so i don't know i forget what the bridge is called but there was a bridge of land yeah. um and then when the horse evolved the horse walked across that bridge and then the land separated Mm -hmm. Crazy. I think this stuff is so interesting. Because it seems like it happens all in an instant, but really it happened over thousands of years. Yeah. But can you imagine a horse walks over a bridge and then the bridge collapses and he goes, I'm sure this will be fine. (laughs) I
1: live here now. Right. I live here now.
0: You know, like, were they planning on going back? Uh, Who knows? (laughs) Hope they didn't have, like, a family. Right. (laughs) so wild horses first appeared in central asia where humans captured and tamed them horses also gave humans their most valuable method of transportation historians agree that not until the invention of the steam train did humans see such a change again in the ability to move themselves around so the horse mm-hmm. really was like the most important not discovery because we didn't discover them but like taming a horse was such an important invention for like yeah. thousands of years you know the first domesticated horse was actually small similar to that of a pony uh, while horses uh, were domesticated in the regions of the Black Sea and Caspian Sea the donkey was chained in Egypt around the same time oh, oh. oh wait going back to horses the small horse that horse that small horse still exists in zoos like well Be- Sebastian or like no like they're not literally ponies but they are a type mm. of horse that are very small um, and that, that species still exists they thought it had gone extinct but then they found it in the mountains of like China, like in a random area, and they're like, "Oh my god, you're still here!" And now they're in zoos, but like, that's it. That's the only place you can find them in zoos because they're so endangered. But like, literally, it's the early horse that they all use, which is crazy.
1: Like, we have that. We don't have woolly mammoths, but we have this horse. Crazy. Can you imagine if like someone like found a woolly mammoth like on Mount Everest or like? Oh my god, I would be elated. Random corner of like Siberia.
0: I I would be elated if someone found a saber tooth tiger. I really would. Be like, I gotta go see that right now.
1: I hope for your sake that that happens then.
0: I'm so interested in megafauna. <laughs> I read this whole article, I ended up reading this whole article about megafauna after watching that video. <laughs> anyway, um, What was I saying? So, yes. So, the donkey was tamed in Egypt around the same time. Silk moths are the only insect to have been fully domesticated. Um, It lost its power to fly, so they rely on humans for survival. Evidence of their domestication begins as early as 2850 BCE. Jeez. And then the Silk Road happened. The llama and alpaca were domesticated in the Americas by indigenous people around 3000 BCE. Domestication actually saved them from extinction. Now neither animal exists in the wild, which is mm. interesting. Around 1500 BCE in Arabia, the single humped camel became domesticated for travel. By 1000 BCE, caravans of camels were bringing goods up the west coast of Arabia. Mm-hmm. And then this was soon filed by the double humped camel in Africa. Pigeons were persuaded to live near humans 4,000 years ago, but it took 1,000 years for them to be used for communication. (laughs) These guys were around, and they were like, we should start putting some use to this. And then
1: they found out that they know how to fly in one direction. (laughs) I was telling someone at work the other day about how pigeons only fly in one direction to the, like, place that they gotta go. (laughs) My coworker was like, how do you know that? (laughs) I had to, like, explain to her this podcast, and she was like, (laughs) uh-oh. Like, I just have so much random knowledge, and one of them is about (laughs) how
0: homing pigeons work. Like, it's insane that I just know that now. But I'll never forget that, that they only fly in one direction. It totally changes your purview of history, knowing that wherever people were going to war, they had to carry crates and crates of pigeons with them. Yeah. So that they could communicate. (laughs) And then they had to get pigeons from where they are- and send them back home
1: so they yeah. could go
0: both ways. Insane! Insane! I'll never Hang stop. I'll write pin- you a letter
1: back. Travels to where you are, gets pigeon. Well, no, you
0: have to go find a pigeon from that. Like, were there markets where it's like, and this pigeon's from Arabian, this pigeon's oh. from India? You know, like, <laughs> what did that look like? I need more info about it. I already need more information than a I have about the pigeon. It was
1: a pigeon office. Right,
0: like <laughs> crazy. I think that's insane. And finally, some civilizations domesticated the elephant. <gasps> India had access to two species of elephant, the Indian elephant and the African elephant. By the 3rd century BC, they were used in the military in India and North Africa. They were also used in circus by the Romans, and we know this because um Hannibal used mm. used elephants when he took over some place that I don't remember specifically, but I know he had elephants. <laughs> Although all domestication happened out of mutual benefit, there have been downsides to domesticating animals. The number of diseases has increased as our contact with animals has increased as well. Mm. Um, animal domestication has led to humans living in densely populated areas where diseases travel faster. So that's been one th- downside is that we all got... A lot sicker, and like we probably would never have discovered these diseases, or like these diseases wouldn't exist in humans had we not domesticated animals. Yeah. So there is a downside to it, but we love our good boys. Um, <laughs> so I guess it was worth it. And that is everything about domesticating animals. Aw, thank you so much. You're welcome. Still a little disappointed that I don't think I'd be able to domesticate a lion, but I'll work right. on it. Okay. <laughs> I'll work on it.
1: I wish you luck having a lion as a pet.
0: They're so cute. They are. Big cats are so adorable. Like, I just look at them and I'm like, I just want to pet your belly. (laughs) Like, I think regular cats are cute, obviously. But when I see a leopard, I'm like, you are the cutest I've ever seen in my life. I would die for it. You could eat me and it would be fine. (laughs) You know? Mm Mm-hmm all right thank you so much for listening you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook at ykwibw podcast you can check out our website i if you like what you're hearing you can donate to us through anchor directly through the link in the bio of this episode or you can leave us a five-star review on itunes and finally if you have something that you've been wondering you can send us an email to i podcast at gmail.com and we would love to answer your question on our show
1: sarah do you know what i've been wondering what have you been wondering Why do we have dominant hands? Like, why are we left-handed or right-handed? And what does that mean? And what's the purpose of that? Juicy. And why is that, like, genetic? Because it's also, like,
0: your dominant side.
1: Yeah. Oh, never thought
0: about that. That's a good question. This is not what I
1: thought you were going to ask me about. I was thinking about it last night because I was making my bed, and I... You know the tag at the the Mm -hmm. corner of your, like, comforter? Yeah. I... It just really made me mad that it was on the bottom right corner of the blanket. I was like, it should for sure be the bottom left because that's where the corner, like that's the side that's against the wall, and it's not like out as much. But then I was like, but I bet some people prefer it the other way. And then I just got thinking about left and right. <laughs> also, most someone might have their bed against the left side. You're right. Goes to the wall. That's <laughs> so arbitrary. <laughs> I know, but for some reason, for me, I was like, you'd think. Because the majority of people are right-handed. that They would not put a tag on the right, actually, but then what about left-handed people? Oh, there was a whole spiral. (laughs) Juicy. All right. I'll tell you about that. Great.
0: Jane, you know what I've been wondering? What have you been? I was going to say, yes, I do, (laughs) but I don't. (laughs) So enthusiastic. I love it. I've been wondering when and why people started dyeing their hair
1: because
0: my hair is blue right now and who knows how long it will be it's truly a mystery <laughs> we don't know where this is going what it's going to look like <laughs> I
1: was thinking about that Bo Burnham song last night that's like the boy band song. This, uh, oh one yeah, lyric is, I love your eyes and they're bluish, greenish, brownish color. Yeah, and I was like, "That's Sarah's hair." It really hair. is. <laughs> it's bluish, greenish, <laughs> bluish,
0: greenish, brownish color. That's so true. <laughs> that really is my hair color right now. It's a mystery. No, I want to know like why we started doing that mm-hmm. and when. Yeah, that's fun. Cool. As Jane continues her discovery of cosmetics, you've done all the cosmetic stuff. No, you did eyeshadow. No, I didn't. You did eyeshadow. I did? No. Oh, I did because you did
1: ASMR. Yeah. I did lipstick, though, and I did something else. Wow,
0: well, I, really I, I really thought you did eyeshadow. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I was totally... If you would ask me, I would have been like, absolutely, that was Jane. <laughs> All right. Well, because even when you were covering lipstick and you had said some things that were similar to eyeshadow, I was like, oh, yeah, you've talked about that before. <laughs> not i've talked about it wow it's so interesting all right that's everything thank you so much for listening this is you know what i've been wondering